For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor show here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can also catch us on Dash Radio. That's the Nothing But Net channel. So download Dash Radio and then search for Nothing But Net and you'll find us every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also check out FiveReasonsports.com for all the latest heat recaps. The takeaways come out right after the game ends, not just of the game, but also of the press conferences. Our guy Brady Hawk does that. Also, three yards per carry this week. They're out at training camp for the Dolphins. Get the latest on Tua, at least what they're allowed to report. Also, five rings canes as the Hurricanes, um, obviously, with had a scrimmage the other night and some details on that. The guys, Alex Dono, Larry Bluestein, and others, Light Skin Opinions, and New Balls Cast, and the Shula Bowl podcast as well. Also, check out the great sponsors, of the Five Reasons Sports Network, one of our returning sponsors. All of our sponsors here are local, and one of them is Gonzalez and Tybor. You know, a recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks to repay debt. This is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses. Even before the pandemic, household debt in this country, especially credit card debt, was going up and it was hurting families and small businesses. Nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt, but bankruptcy is one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. So before you make another debt payment that you can't afford or do something drastic, like empty out your 401k or borrow money from friends and family, why don't you talk to professional about your options? Contact Gonzalez and Tybor. That's at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. Bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number, 954-378-8184. That's 954-378-8184. An attorney will answer your call. Consultations are always free. can be done by telephone or video conference. This is a local law firm, and they've helped ha hundreds of clients get the fresh start they deserve. So if you're having any issues with debt, don't hesitate. The phone number, 954-378-8184. Bankruptcy is good for you. Com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. We hope you caught our episodes the past couple of days as we broke down the Pacers matchup. Here's today's floor plan. We've made a substitution just as the Heat are making a substitution. We've got Nikias Duncan. You can follow him at Nikias NBA, breaking things down. He's in for our guy Alex Toledo tonight. We've also got Alphonse Sidney. And Greg Sylvander has fixed his audio, video, whatever it was, problem. So we are about, as we speak here, we're actually less than, I don't know, um, 17 hours away, less than that. My math's not so good. From game one 
of the Eastern Conference first round between the Heat, the five seed, and the four seed Indiana Pacers. The Heat are favored in the series. Of course, no home court being played in Orlando. And there are also some games today. I want to get to the news of the day. We'll start with you here, Greg. Uh, Kendrick Nunn revealed on a call, he was actually, he spoke to the media today. He was one of the two players that spoke. And he revealed that he'll be coming off the bench, which is something that we, I guess, I anticipated. Should we anticipate that Goran Dragic will be the starting point guard? I think we have to at this point. Um, there, there's a small part of me that thinks that maybe that we get the surprise Tyler Hero start out of nowhere in game one. But all indications are that it's Goran Dragic, that it's kind of been, you know, you're going to go with the guy you trust. And um, it'll just now be interesting to see how much Kendrick Nunn is really invo- involved going forward. But, uh, you know, I, I would say it's 70-30 Dragic with just some Hail Mary chance that Hero gets inserted out of nowhere. But that's probably wishful thinking on my part. So, Nakayas, let's get to it then. Um, I know you've written a lot about Goran over the past couple of years. And one of the things you wrote about was, you know, defensively hiding him a little bit, uh, also limiting his minutes. Uh, They're full speed ahead with this now, though. I mean, it seems like Goran Dragic is going to play 30-plus minutes. Are you comfortable with that in the starting lineup? Uh, Not particularly, um, as we've talked about all throughout the year. The Heat have had a major problem at stopping dribble penetration. They've had struggles at the point of attack. Um, Goran Dragic is probably the worst on-ball defender that they have. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of ease to it since he's going to be paired more with Bam Adebayo. I think that helps. Um, If Miami continues to stay small in the front court, that means they're going to switch a little bit. They're going to continue to switch, which I think helps Goran. It's going to help them keep the ball in front a little bit. So I think that has to factor in. Um, in, You know what I'm saying? In addition to Goran just flat out looking better than Kendrick Nunn throughout the seeding games, I do think that there's more room to hide him defensively now in terms of personnel and in terms of scheme. But I'm still a little bit uneasy about it. Um, he's – I mean, Mil- uh, Indiana doesn't have an explosive guard. I saw Holiday. Malcolm Brockton is really good, but he's not a dynamic off-the-dribble threat in a way that, like, a Kimball Walker is, who's a dynamic pull-up guy, or some of those other quicker guards. So I think Goran may be fine. I, I just kind of worry about it in the later rounds, assuming Miami gets past Indy. Alf, what do they do with Kendrick Nunn now? I mean, you're, you think you, you got to think they're going to use him as a scoring option off the bench. Hopefully um, he can, you know, go against other second units and kind of get out of this funk that he's in right now. I know there's a lot of people uh, surmising that he's just not even going to play, which I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I mean, I mean, we saw it with Meyer, so <laughs> what do I know? Um, but I, I think that there's enough there. Um, he can score. Um with a bench unit without Goron, they're going to need scoring on that bench unit. So he's one of these guys that you just hope that he go he comes in and against these against other backups he he shows out and hopefully shakes off some of this funk that he's in. And I, like Nikaias was saying, I think the whole with Goron in the starting lineup, I think you can do it against Indy because they don't have those speedy attacking guards in the starting lineup. Or uh, I mean, he, he can. I, I I don't think it's a great matchup against Brogdon. But I think, um, like like we like he was saying with Kemba Walker, that'd be a, a, a completely different issue, or Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. But I think they could hide him against Indiana. But like uh, like Nikias is saying, it's going to hurt them later on. But they really don't have an option there anyway. They really don't have a guy who can who can guard um, attacking point guards. What did we make of the non hero minutes this year, Nikias? Because they played a ton together. In summer league, obviously, I mean, they, they were playing pretty much 25, 30 minutes 
as starters and and Kendrick was handling the ball the majority of the time but things have kind of changed now because Tyler's been given more ball handling responsibility and a lot of that was kind of taken out of Kendrick's hands to a certain degree so how does that pairing work but I think the pairing kind of works on paper where Kendrick is a guy that gets to the he likes to attack a little bit more than Tyler does. Tyler likes to set up, set up his um, pull-up jumper, set up those step backs. Um, Kendrick Nunn obviously takes a lot of jumpers too, but he's more of a downhill driver. So I think there's going to be some room for some um, driving kick potential there between those two. Um, I do worry about it defensively. Um, Kendrick has been a little sticky against, sticky against screens. Um, Tyler's had the same problem, though he's been a better team defender than even I anticipated him coming into the year. So um, I wonder what that's going to look like in second units. But I think they'll be able to work out the hierarchy. Both of those guys um, are pretty – at least high, Tyler's more of a smart – he's a smarter ball mover. But I think Kendrick can create some of those drop and kick opportunities as well, set Tyler up, take some pressure off of him. All right, let's, let's get to the next part of this, which is uh, the DJJ question. And we don't really know how long he's going to be out. Um, you know, obviously that, that situation was better than it could have been. Uh, it looked awful. It's a neck strain. Um, those can be a little tricky in terms of when you get a guy back in, but we saw that he was a big factor. Alf, you talked about this a lot. Like he was a big factor in, and Alex was into it too against the Pacers specifically, um, you know, his ability to get above the rim. And he had that flash in that Monday game where in some ways he kind of changed the whole tenor of the game. Um, how do they replace his minutes or is it just as simple as none gets him now? I think Dunn is going to get him, And I think you're probably, because uh, you, you, we're all assuming we're going to see a shorter rotation, right? So I think you're just going to see more Iggy. Um, Kelly probably get more minutes. None in here. I think those are the four guys off the bench that we're going to see the most. And um, it doesn't seem like Derek's completely ruled out for tomorrow, right? I think they were still saying that there's a chance he plays, which is crazy considering the fact he was taken off on a stretcher a few days ago. Um, yeah, Call me optimistic. I, I think he actually ends up playing tomorrow. Call me optimistic, really? but I, I, yeah, I have a feeling that he is going to be good to go. They may be obviously cautious with it, but um, uh, I, he re recovered pretty quickly from this. I know he's sore and things like that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played. All right. Well, well so I mean, what happens? What happens there? Who gets squeezed out, or does, does Spo go with ten men? That's a good question. I mean, if you're looking at okay, so the tenth. I mean, if, is are we saying Myers is the eleventh now? Is that pretty yeah. much – and Solomon Hill is the 12th? because Solomon I, Hill might be 11. He might be. I mean, I thought Solomon Hill was going to get some of those minutes, right? I mean, I thought that that was kind of the direction that it was going, was that Solomon Hill, just because they trust him defensively. Um, I, you know, again, I think Nunn's going to be given an opportunity to kind of play his way out of it. But I also think that Eric prefers going a little bigger maybe with the wings. And it's possible Solomon Hill – gets some of those none minutes anyway. Like if, if Kendrick's not playing particularly well, I could see, you know, Eric going in, in this matchup with, with what, with, with only three primary guards, essentially. I mean, if you're going to consider Duncan Robinson a guard, then it's, it's pretty much Robinson hero and Dragic. None gets a couple of stints, maybe see, see if he's going, but maybe Solomon Hill does get some of those minutes. I feel like, I feel like Derek, the guy that they would probably drop anyway just because I still at least for me I still have questions about how he fits in offensively um even with the stretch that he had against Indy I feel like that's more of a product of a bad defense and I don't know how replicable that's going to be um Derek just poses a lot of issues in the half court 
because teams don't guard him. I'm still a little bit worried about that. And if Indiana tries to go a little bit smaller, junk up some of those dribble handoffs like we saw Toronto do when they put a, star, a smaller guy on Bam, um, I feel like Indy has the ability to do that. Maybe not to that effect, but from a schematic standpoint, they can switch more of those actions. And I wonder what that looks like you have Derrick Jones Jr. out there as well, kind of cramping the floor. So I, I kind of agree with um, I kind of agree with you. I think Kendrick Nunn will have a, a longer leash to kind of play out of it because teams still guard him a certain way and he poses a certain threat on the ball that Derrick Jones Jr. just doesn't. And with Solomon Hill getting a little bit more play at the, towards the end of the seating, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a more firm hold in the rotation over DJJ. So let, let's switch it around, Nikias. Let, let's flip to you, and then we'll go to Greg after you. Uh, so we've kind of talked the Pacers to death here over the past couple of days. What is the, the one concern that you would have in the series for the Heat that maybe is not being talked about that much? Um, I need to see more from Bam against switches. Um, that's, that's quietly been a problem all year long, that he's kind of struggled to find the balance between overpowering smaller guys and kind of using his length and his touch to kind of shoot on him. He hasn't found that balance yet. Um, Toronto really exposed it in that first matchup. They put OG on him. And he just could not figure him out. There was a pull-up jumper early in the game that he it didn't look like he really tried to force the issue. There was a post-up attempt that didn't go. Um, there was a dribble handoff the attempt with Duncan Robinson. They switch it. He tried to attack Norman Powell. Um, basically gets stripped by Powell, runs into Marcus Gasol, trips, and then it's a shot clock violation. So I I don't know if Bam is – Bam hasn't really shown comfort with his back to the basket this year. And I do think that teams, especially since we're getting into the playoffs now, I think teams are going to look at that film, and I think that's going to be something they lean more to just as a prove-it type thing. Um, show – I mean, switch those actions, and if Bam beats, then you do something else. And if not, then you kind of live with it. So I'm kind of looking to see how Bam comes out in this series. What about some of the kind of the unknown players? Uh, I know we were supposed to ask this questions of the Pacer guys, and, uh, and we didn't really get to it. But uh, the Pacers have some guys like Sumner, et cetera, that I don't think Heat fans know a lot about. Uh, what are the concerns that they present schematically? Random scrub Heat killers. That's their main <laughs> issue. Um, but, no, I mean, I think Sumner, the, you know, McMillan's talked about giving him extended uh, minutes and, and more of a look just because of the, the way that he plays. I also think Aaron Holiday has a real good um, opportunity in this series to, to take advantage of some mismatches. So it's going to be names that we don't necessarily recognize that could being the, you know, end up being the thorn in the side. And the, the other thing I, I think that we may be under – like we're, we're underrating how much Indiana is going to attempt to muck up this series and make it completely a slow, grind it out, uh, walk the ball up the court type of series because that's really their best play in order to, uh, to kind of neutralize some of what Miami wants to do. So I, I have a feeling it's going to be a really ugly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
Grizzlies series, and some of that pace could favor Indy. So just something to watch too. But the two guys that 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 can play faster and and make Miami pay are guys like Aaron Holiday and Edmund Sumner. Who who are Heat fans going to be cursing during this series, Alf? Um, I think uh, I think Leif is right. Just because those guys are quick and can attack the basket and and really uh really take advantage of Miami's weaknesses and because of that and because of the fact they aren't household names everyone every heat fan's going to lose their mind and that's cuz you <laughs> that's just what we do right it's like who the hell is Aaron Holiday because we don't watch the Pacers all year long um and i think we might see a TJ Warren game and if that happens i think heat twitter will lose its mind and i i still i'm still scared of Vic like i i still think that there's that there's a chance that he just goes nuts in a couple of these games. I mean, it's, it's, he has it in him. And I think, I mean, he's really been laying low all the seeding games. I know he's not 100%, but maybe, maybe two or three games, you just see the old Vic come out. And if that happens, the Heat are in a big trouble because they don't have necessarily anybody who could check him consistently for, you know, 35, 40 minutes. And Nikias, what, what what do we not know about? Like, let's get into Holiday a little bit. Both holidays, because uh, I mean, a lot of Heat fans are only concerned with one holiday. Plays in New mm-hmm. Orleans, uh, so what what what? I mean, how do you differentiate between the two of them as players? Um, what what do we each provide? Um, in terms of Aaron, he is the point guard. He's a quick guy that can get to the lane. Um, solid shooter. Um, you still can kind of duck under picks and kind of dare him to beat you with pull-ups, but he is a guy that likes to get to the rim. Justin Holiday is your 3 and D mold, um, slightly above average defender, flings threes off the catch, really good mover, and especially in transition. He'll fill those lanes. He can knock down deep threes if he gets going. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see an 11-point quarter from a Justin Holiday. Um, once you see the two second units kind of facing off, like early second quarter, something like that. Um, Justin Holiday's a guy, that, but otherwise he's just going to uh, defend a couple of positions, spot up around. All right, let's get to the next part of this, um, which uh, before, before we get to picks, I, I want to get to some of today's play. Was there anything that has jumped out to you guys in the bubble that will carry over or not carry over to the playoffs? Because, you know, I, I think I expected, you know, that maybe the scores would come down a little and maybe there'd be a little less three-point shooting. And then we saw what happened between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray today, with pretty much everybody going off. I mean, are these not going to look like the playoffs that we are accustomed to them looking like when teams are playing on each other's team's courts? I, one of the interesting things, I forgot who pointed it out. Uh, it might have been Jeff Van Gundy, which was one of the few interesting, interesting things he said the entire game, was that there's no travel in the bubble. And so you're seeing guys who are like as rested and healthy as you'll ever see during the playoffs. Like you're not going through a, a, a season long grind, all the traveling up and down sleep where you're, they're sleeping in hotel rooms. But at this point, those hotel rooms probably feel like home to them. So like, that's a factor. And I wonder if that uh, is just affecting the, the, the way that they're playing. Cause if you're not exhausted from, from a cross country flight and you just, you know, you leave the, you leave the game and you walk, or take a golf cart to your hotel room, is is that is, is that a factor in, in in what we see, like the quality of offense? I'm 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 you know just spitballing because who knows, but that seems like it could be something. Well, you even see the guys on the other team. I mean, today Jamal Murray posted on his social media that there's Donovan Mitchell after dropping 57 in a loss. Yeah. 
I'm telling it's like an AAU tournament. That's right. not what it feels like. And I mean, I just I don't I don't know if that's affecting the quality of, of the play because it it would if if we everything we've learned about rest and about travel with NBA players, we know that it's it has a really adverse effect on on the on their on their health and on 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 the way they play. We're seeing it now. You've taken out you've taken out so many of those mitigating circumstances. Is 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 what we're seeing a result of that? You know, something else that that I kind of have noticed. There's been little moments here and there where there's been dust ups and people talking real trash, and and obviously there there's some that stand out. But overall, there hasn't really been a ton of the like really um, intense scuffles and, and and where you're having to break up multiple players or anything that even has came close to people, you know, with blows or anything like that. I mean, I know we had the Giannis headbutt, but um, I'm interested to see. Because, you know, part of me thinks that some of that could be attributed to the fact that you see Donovan Mitchell sitting on the park bench when you're walking to go grab your meal or whatever you're doing, you know, and it's like a different circumstance than when you hop on an airplane and fly cross country and you don't have to see dude for another three weeks. Now that these teams are going to be locked in playing against each other, getting sick of one another, and then also having to see each other, I'm just, it'll be interesting to see how much the intensity level and quite frankly, the disdain for each other, um, like how that uh, ramps up as the playoffs kick off. I can't wait to see like cafeteria beef, like <laughs> spill out <laughs> onto the court. <laughs> like, like you're out of the line first. And that's, yeah, you're that's... gonna see guys that have, don't even guard each other, don't face each other, just you know jawing at each other. Oh, okay, there's something going on in the bubble between those two. This has nothing to do with basketball. It'll happen soon. It's it's very possible, although the IG model rule kind of kills that a little bit, although the families are starting to come in here the first week, so that's going to create a distraction. Right, we're going to get to picks uh, here in a second. A couple of programming notes I want to tell you about. We're going to be having Duncan Robinson's high school coach on here this week to kind of get into how he became what he became, even though it happened a little bit later than that because he went to Williams College first. We're also going to be having – and you, you see him on television all the time. If you watch CNN, um, Boris Sanchez, who is from Miami, is a big Miami sports fan, but more importantly, a big Five Reasons sports fan because he, he has the Tua jersey. Um, and he actually was sending me messages yesterday uh, because he liked my line in yesterday's pod. And anybody likes my line, I'll put on the pod uh, about how the, the Knicks were going to – a double max player. So Boris is going to come on with us at some point this week to talk heat, and I'm sure – probably Alf's going to take him a totally different direction um, than, than I anticipate, but we're going to do that. I uh, also want to tell you about one of the great sponsors, a word from them next. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And it is a sponsor that would be important in any time. If you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well. And that's safe cubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now, this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers, and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well so if you're involved with the school this is definitely something your school should check out of course if we have school in the fall and that's the point here we were entering a new normal period with COVID-19 safecubbies.com which is 
locally owned is the place that you want to go. The phone number is 754-216-1071. Again, that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com. All right, back here on five on the floor. Uh, we talked about this with Scott Agnes. We talked about it with J. Michael Falgust. Um, and, and now we want to get to the picks. Both of them picked the heat. Uh, so both of the Pacers writers that we had on picked the heat. Uh, that seems to be the direction everybody's going. I was looking at the number today, and it's even more in the heat's favor than it was yesterday. And, and so there is not a lot of belief in this Pacer team, even though uh, they are the higher seed technically. I don't think that would have happened if the Heat hadn't shut it down there at the end. But obviously, they don't have their all-star big in Sabonis. Uh, they've got Oladipo, who seems to be flirting with Miami. They've got uh, you know TJ Warren, who plays well against everybody but Miami, it seems, in the bubble. I'm going to let Nakia start here because the three of us have talked this to death. Give me a, a case for how the Pacers win this series before we get to the picks. I think the case for Indy to win the series is, A, they muck it up, and I think they muck it up by going a little bit smaller. You see a little bit more Jakar Sampson, um, who's basically Indy's version of Derrick Jones Jr. Um, they play a little, give him a little bit more minutes. They switch everything. Um, basically, the biggest post threats you have in Miami are Jimmy Butler and Kelly Olenek. Um, Bam hasn't proven that he can beat smaller guys to the point where you have to force doubles. So you switch everything, muck up those dribble handoffs, those pick and rolls, those off-screen actions that the Heat love to run, switch all of those, turn it into an isolation fest. You force misses, you get out in transition, draw fouls, you know, slow it down that way. And then if Miami regresses even a little bit from three, like if Duncan Robinson doesn't shoot 85% from three, he's a normal good three-point shooter. If Tyler Hero can't get going, if Warren Dragic is getting beat off the dribble, um, when he's matched up in those Aaron Holiday minutes, then I think Miami's half-court offense has enough questions to where Indy can kind of can kind of pull it closer and it becomes who's making shots late. Um, as far as, you know, TJ Warren's had a great stretch in the bubble, even though he didn't play that well against Miami, but he's been a guy that's knocked down some tough shots late, knocked down a lot of those pull-ups out of, um, out of pick and roll. He's a guy that can knock down late-game shots. Victor Oladipo has a track record of doing that as well. Um, Malcolm Brogdon has done that um, just as I mean, as, as recently as last playoffs. He was arguably Milwaukee's second best player, knocking down big shots late. So I think if Indiana mucks it up, um, that gives them a chance late in games. Um, Miami hasn't been a great late game team. They've been great in overtime, but if those games end the regulation, they haven't been um, super great. So I think that's the path for Indy, just making it ugly. All right, so let's get to the picks. I'll start with you, Nikias. We'll let you continue this. Uh, can they make it ugly enough? What's the pick? I don't think they make it ugly enough. I think Miami wins it in five. I don't think Indy's going to be able to score enough to beat them four times. Um, I don't think they have enough scoring punch to beat them more than once. I'm going to go Miami in five. Greg, I think I know where you're going. What's the number? Listen, you know my customary uh, three words is heat and five. But truthfully, I've never experienced a Heat Pacers series that was easy, ever, like ever. So I'm going to go Heat and six, and um, I don't have the guts to go Heat and five. So you got Heat and six for me. No guts check for you today. Alf? Um, I really, really want to agree with uh, Greg. <laughs> I want to say Heat and six, just because I've seen, I've seen this team lose games that they should win a lot this year. 
Um, and in the playoffs, that just seems like the perfect storm to uh, give give a couple away to Indy. Um, but I got to have the guts. So I'm going to go with Heat and five. I'm going to go in Heat and five also. I'm going to go with Heat and five also. I, I was looking at six, and, and obviously you can have some sort of odd results here because you don't have the home away splits. So, you know, often you think if you got a team that's better, you figure you give them the gentleman's sweep. You know, the, they're the home team. You know, they get, uh, <laughs> they get the first two at home. They split the two on the road. They come back and finish it in five, right? Obviously that's different because you're playing in one, in one place. I, here's my issue with it. I, I think that as as well as T.J. Warren played against everybody else, it's clear that Miami has enough bodies to throw at him. And it's not just Jimmy. It's Jay. It's Andre. I think this is where we're really going to see the trade come into focus, um, at least for this particular series. I, and T.J. is not good enough with the ball in his hands to create for anybody else. Um, there's not going to be any assists that he's going to be able to create based on teams loading them loading up on him. And I just don't think we're going to see the 2017 Vic. And if we don't, then I, I think Miami has enough, uh, certainly offensively, uh, that there's going to be some scary moments. I think the Heat are going to take some big leads in this series and then squander them in the third quarter and have to pull it out late, and then they, their execution late is going to have to be good. I think Hero wins them a game late. Um, I think that it's a contested series. It's a competitive series. I think the Heat win in five. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win in four, and so they're going to be waiting. But, you know, I, I think Miami's going to come into this next series pretty rested and pretty healthy, which is, is what you need. So we'll see if it goes that way. Nobody has picked Indiana, which probably means that the holidays go off and Indiana wins in five. Uh, but there we are. All right. Follow Nikias NBA, follow Greg Sylvander, follow Alf nine, five, four, follow Ethan J. Skolnick and five reasons sports, the docket, the next few days, we're going to do a pregame live stream uh, about a half hour before tip. So that's three thirty Eastern on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel along with 4,000 other people because that's where it's going to be. And then we're obviously going to do a post-game uh, pod for five on the floor that you can catch uh, on all the usual places. Also, of course, nothing but net on Dash Radio. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.